New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Michael Gelb. He's the author of Creativity on Demand, How to Ignite and Sustain the Fire of Genius. Michael, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you. Well, let's talk about creativity. You talk about creativity and chi energy and vital energy. How do the two relate? Well... You might want to be creative, but if you don't have the energy, you're not going to get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. Right? And most people experience creativity as people talk about a flash of inspiration. This light bulb went off. So there is this implied energetic component. But how do you actually cultivate that? How do you nurture that? How do you develop it? Well, people have been studying this for thousands of years, and I've aimed to take that wisdom and apply it to our most important creative challenges today. You know, Michael, that just reminds me, you hear people say, oh, well, I'm just not creative, and they they just shut down on it. So what would you say to someone who says, oh, you're really creative, but I'm not creative? Well, that's great. There's actually in the book, there's a questionnaire. You can try to assess how creative or not creative you think you are. What's your starting point? Then we guide you to assess your attitude regarding whether it's possible to learn how to be creative. Because if you think you're not creative and you think it's impossible to learn, well, you probably wouldn't buy my book. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe somebody gave it to you and said, well, actually, it is possible, even if you don't think you have this ability. And this guy shows you how to do it. And if you're curious enough, if there's enough of that little spark there that you'll read this, you'll say, oh... This is research validated now. We know that this is a skill you can learn. I mean, it's amazing you weren't trained how to do it. It's probably the most important skill any of us can have in the world today. But we don't learn it. There's a course in history in high school and English and, you know, trigonometry. But there's not a course in creativity. Well, we're, we're working on changing that. All right. And in a recent <laughs> IBM study survey of 1,500 chief executives, they asked them, what's the number one quality that you're looking for in your people? And in previous surveys, the number one answer was execution, the ability to produce and do it. Uh, and then survey after that was engagement. We want people who are completely involved and passionate about what we're doing. But in the last IBM survey of the 1,500 chief executives, the number one answer, creativity. So it's in demand That's why I called the book Creativity On Demand. Now, if you were in an interview to get a job at IBM, how would they know you're a creative person? Corporations tend to try to assess your creativity by giving you tests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm thinking But if you're really really creative, you're probably just going to work for them as a consultant, which is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I remember Ellen Watts years ago, he said he always on these forms and tests, he would just put... N-A, not applicable. Right. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's N-A is my go-to answer. Yeah. for. Any, fortunately, I've, I've created a life where I don't have to fill out questionnaires yeah. very often. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, the great thing is what Edison would do, 
He wouldn't really care about what you did on a test, and he wouldn't even care about your resume or stories about what you did that was creative in the past. He'd say to you, okay, work with my team. We're trying to create this new invention. We're trying to create a new, improved version of the phonograph. Go work with my team, and then I'm going to ask my team if you were a creative partner. So Edison had a brilliant hiring strategy, which was let the people who are actually going to work with the person assess that person's ability to... So what would be some of the assessments that would get you the job of working with Edison's team? Well, just be simply that the people at the end of that day or week, you'd basically be on a provisional work opportunity with Edison's team. And if the people on the team said, yes, this is somebody we want on our team, you'd get the job. So Edison, part of why we think of him as a genius, it's not just because he invented the light bulb. He invented the system for illuminating the whole planet. It's not just because he invented the phonograph and the recording industry, by the way. And it's not just because he invented the movies. Probably his greatest invention was never patented, and that was creating the most innovative organizational culture that the world had ever seen. So part of that innovative culture was the way he hired people, which was not based on resume, wasn't based on quizzes or tests. It was, okay, you say you're creative and you say you're a machinist. Those guys over there are taking apart a machine and they're putting it together. Go help them. And then he just asked the, the members of the team, was this person helpful? And if you were helpful, the team said, yes, you were hired. If they said, no, he's a pain, you were out. So when, when working with a team or working with any problem, one of the things is to gather lots of information first. It's not to say, okay, let's solve this. There's a step maybe a couple of steps before you go to solution. Can you mention a couple of those steps? Sure. Well, it's, it's, it's assessing the problem or challenge that you're dealing with. We call it the preparation phase. And it's asking yourself very simple questions like, is this the real problem? Are there any underlying issues that we haven't yet considered? Do we have any prejudices or preconceptions that are interfering with our ability to assess this situation? Have we collected enough information and data and just laid it all out to look at it as objectively as we can before we start attempting to generate solutions? And if people made this a practice, if people learn this discipline of, you know, just think about your personal relationship. If you ask yourself the question, what's the real issue in my relationship? Oh, that's Instead, you know, yeah. People think it's, oh, take out the garbage. No, you do the dishes. And they fight about that for six years. And then they, they freak out and get a divorce because they never stop to say, well, what's the underlying feeling? What's the underlying concern? Right. What's my underlying feeling? What's driving me to give my partner a hard time about this? Why is it so important to me that they do this thing? And, and then the important part about that too is if they do what I think I need, how will that affect them? I mean, what's the liability here? We're asking them to maybe spend more time. Okay, how is that going to affect their life? Everything is so interconnected, Michael. It's just like, okay, when we really get down to basics, how do we figure out anything? 
that's the wonderful thing about understanding. When you understand the creative mindset and you understand the creative process and you know how to access creative energy, then you have a, a path forward for dealing with life. That is the point of, of this book and why I'm so passionate about teaching people how to be creative. And whether it's helping somebody write their first book, I have a whole bookshelf now with people's first book that they wrote using the methods that are described in Creativity On Demand. And it's one of my very favorite things to help a friend go from this notion of conception, they ignite the idea, to sustaining it and actually turning it into a successful publishing venture. I have other people I've mentored to help start a business. So, Michael, you have like one exercise that's just like, I, I haven't taken it yet, but I thought this might be a good one for me to try. And it's where you have people, first they call in the muse or call in, you know, the yes. creative energy into themselves, maybe do some Qigong exercise, which your book is filled with all sorts of Qigong exercises, practices to enable us to vitalize our energy. And then to write a hundred questions without even lifting your pen. And they some of the questions may be really stupid questions, but out of those hundred questions, there are going to be a few that are going to be something we might want to ponder. It's a very powerful exercise. Well, in Creativity on Demand, I introduced this idea of getting access to what I call System 3. And this is based on the Nobel Prize winning research of Daniel Kahneman, who wrote the book Thinking Fast and Slow. So he calls thinking fast, thinking slow, system one, fast, system two, slow. So system one is how do you tie your shoes? What's two plus two? You know the answer right away. There are definitive answers to that. Well, they're, they're just immediately obvious, yeah. instinctually, yeah. clearly correct answers. And we wouldn't be able to navigate our lives without system one. You could call it everyday intuition. You know, if you have a friend, they call you up on the phone. You kind of know how they're feeling right away just from their voice tone. So this is quick. Uh, it, it works a lot of the time, except when it doesn't work. And that's when you need system two, which is deliberate thinking. And it's much harder. It's, if I say to you, I can say two plus two, you know what that is. If I say what's 17.3 times 19.7, <laughs> you're going to have to do some deliberate thinking if you don't have your device with you to do it for you. And that's hard. It's slower and it's harder. That's why a jury is asked to deliberate. If the accused is wearing a hoodie and has a gangster type demeanor, your system one says guilty. But the judge says, ignore the clothing that the defendant is wearing and deliberate only on the facts of the case. So that's system two. It's deliberate, it's hard, it's slow. George Bernard Shaw talked about how people like to avoid deliberate thinking. He said, people hate thinking. He said, they'll do almost anything to avoid it. He said, I have made an international reputation for myself by doing it once or twice a week. <laughs> so system one is everyday intuition or instinct. It's very useful to function in this world. But it also, Kahneman's Nobel Prize is in economics because what he discovered is how system one often leads people to make very bad investment decisions, things that feel right. You know, if the sign says a limited supply, act now, 
People buy more of that. <laughs> right. That's system one. It goes, oh, I got to get that. It, it's why people even buy more of the Charmin than the generic toilet tissue 25 years after Mr. Whipple did that commercial. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> your, your system two, which was, if you stopped and were deliberate about it, you'd say, well, these are made in the same factory. These are exactly the right. same thing. I'm paying a 15, 25% premium for this one because it's a brand name. Yeah. But the product is exactly the same. Yeah. But you're still drawn to system one makes you want to buy that. So it, ma- right. it helps you make bad investment decisions on yeah. a regular basis. So he talks about the dialogue between these modalities. But I think he's as brilliant as he is. He's missing something. And that's what I call system three. So system one is fast. System two is slow. System three is beyond time. System three is the realm of great creative inspiration. And it's something that every wisdom tradition knows. So you go to a drumming circle, you do meditation, you go for uh, a long journey uh, walking through the woods, you use various kinds of psychedelic substances, uh, music. There are many, many ways that various peoples have figured out how to get outside of their ordinary dialogue between system one and system two and open to deeper wisdom. The problem is that we don't live in a traditional society and we don't have all the processes that those traditional societies had for once you get the aha, once you get your big insight into your life purpose, for example, they had all sorts of support systems for helping you integrate that so you didn't just go crazy. In our world, if you get way outside of system one and two and have a big inspiration, there's no support for integrating it into your everyday life. So what I'm aiming to do in this book is give people tools and techniques to have access to system three that won't result in dissociation so that you can get big, powerful, profound, creative ideas, ignite them, and then sustain them and nurture them and bring them into manifestation. I mean, this book was one of those ideas. Yes, 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 (laughs) definitely, definitely. I changed everything I was doing. I was writing another book. So this other kind of thinking is highly intuitive. And how do we know when to trust our intuition and not? That is one of the critical questions at the heart of this book. Intuition, people think of it as a mental thing, but it's not. People say, "I, I knew it in my gut. I felt it in my heart, my bones, my blood. But your heart, gut, bone, blood don't send you text messages or voicemails. They speak to you at four o'clock in the morning when you're out in nature, when you're in the shower, maybe when you're driving in your car, when you're relaxed, when you're not afraid of making a mistake. And they speak to you through kinesthetic and energetic sensation. So what if there was a way developed over a thousand years to refine your kinesthetic and energetic sensation? There is, it's chi cultivation, and that's why it's the heart of this book. And that's where you have many, many practices, qigong practices of moving your body in certain ways that just raises the energy and puts us in touch with that, that our bones and our guts are telling us. Yes. Because sometimes that voice is very quiet or that 
feeling is very quiet in the midst of this complex cacophony that we live in. It's drowned out for most people. You know, the great thing is it's actually always speaking to you. It is always accessible. You're just not tuned into that channel. So your body is an antenna for universal wisdom, but the antenna is a little bit out of whack and you haven't learned how to tune it up. Cheek cultivation is a way of tuning that antenna. Where do you think, you know, Tesla, one of the great geniuses ever, basically says, my being is an antenna for the cosmic broadcast. And I just tune into it and download it and translate it to you. I love that because we can trust that it's all there for us. We have to tune into it. I want to thank you, Michael. We could talk much, much more on this subject. I don't want to thank you for being with us, Michael, on the New Dimensions Cafe. My pleasure. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Michael Gelb. He's the author of Creativity on Demand, How to Ignite and Sustain the Fire of Genius. And if you want to be in touch with him, you can go to his website, Michael Gelb, G-E-L-B is in boy, michaelgelb.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.com. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. I invite you to please join us again. Yay. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973 thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.